this episode was already going to be a little bit somber, um, and it got a little more so uh, yesterday as there was a personal loss for both myself and Ryan. Um, I know not many of our friends from high school um, listen to this podcast. If they do, I'm sure they know. Um, our our band director, he, you had him for five years and I had him for six. Uh, you would have had him for sixth grade, so you would have had him for... No? No. No, he came my seventh grade. Year, You're right. So. Five, five and six, yep. So, uh, the, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. James Kelso, rest in peace. Um, you're you're going to be missed down here, but your lessons will never be forgotten. So, we, we just wanted to take a moment of appreciation um, and to say goodbye to not not just a teacher but but a dear friend someone that although he may have taught a band class he professed life and and he meant he meant more to individual students than a lot of a lot of teachers do he was he was one of the teachers that i mean we've seen we've seen comments from people that have been 40 plus years removed from his class that have very similar outlooks on his teachings as we do. Um, so with, with heavy hearts um, and, and very much somber thoughts, uh, Mr. Kelso, may you rest in peace and, uh, You know what the craziest thing is? I was thinking about this today at work. I know we've had a lot of motivation to do this podcast. Obviously, the wives not liking us talking football 24-7. That that has a lot to do with it. But the gumption to buy the equipment, to go out, and let's be honest, try and make a name for ourselves in an industry we know nothing about. That's exactly what he taught us. And as much as I want to say, even if he didn't mean to, you know just as well as I do what he was teaching us in band. We didn't realize what he was teaching us until the last four or five years. Yeah, he, he taught, and, and that's what I, that, that's why I, I, I've definitely looked at it as he professed life because you're, you're seeing as we age, as we grow, you're seeing the things that you're like, son of a bitch. Cause you'll just have one of those moments when you're just like, I've been told this Kelso. And, and it's just those moments. And we, we won't drag too far into this because we, we've already had right. quite the conversation tonight about it. Well, and it's funny and, because the other thing I've, I've kind of gathered is, well, why did a teacher have to... Our families definitely tried teaching us this. It's when it's somebody outside that family aspect of life gives you the lesson hidden inside of another lesson that smacks you in the back of the head on a Tuesday morning. When you're trying to walk through Sturgis, South Dakota. 
Yeah. But but with that we'll we'll move on and of course with the happenings of the last week, like I said, this was already gonna be a little bit of a somber intro. Um because one loss too soon. Um, rest in peace also to Alex Collins, running back, um, played for Seattle, played for Baltimore. Uh, from all accounts, a great dude on and off the field. Uh, you know, a motorcycle accident. And this, this world, I mean, hell, we, we haven't even mentioned the fucking Maui fires. 100 plus people dead in Hawaii. Um, it, it is... It's a somber time right now, but we're going to try and get back into football gear here for, for a little bit and get you guys what you came here to listen to instead of just to us to babble about personal life and, and the unfortunate tragedies that seem to be befalling this world on an all-too-regular basis. With that being said, welcome to the Too Fat to Play podcast. I am your host, Austin. With me, as always, he's fat. He's always got nine fingers up. You never know what he's going to say. He's been drinking, so this is probably not going to go well, and I'm going to apologize on the front end. This may be NC-17 by the time we're done with it. It's Ryan. What's happening, guys? Yep. Uh, It's been a long week. Um, If any of you guys happen to be out at Sturgis, we were at the rally at Exit 55 at the Harley dealership. Um I hope you guys came by the booth. If you did, you didn't know who I was. It's perfectly fine. Um, I'm not going to tell you which booth I was working. That'll be for me to know you to find out. Um, If you were in any one of the hotels that we stayed at on the way back and we had a conversation, welcome in, guys. I know I talked to quite a few of you. Uh, I know the guy with me, Joe. He was out there having a good time. As Austin alluded to, this is the Too Fat to Play podcast. We are here to talk football, all brought to you by Sticks Golf Lounge in Humboldt, Kansas. Stop in, have a beer, play at your favorite course across America, all in the air-conditioned comfort of Sticks Golf Lounge. And when it's going to be 103 and 105 this weekend, air conditioning and cold beer... Sounds like the way I'm going to play my 18 holes. No shit. Getting into football, um, officially week one of the preseason has come and gone. There was a lot of things that, I mean, mean, it's week one. A lot of starters only played one drive. A lot of players just didn't play. Of course, each one of us have have a significant member of our defensive front. That is not with the team at the moment. Um, staying on the defensive fronts for a moment. Um, Will Anderson still appears to be a really good pick for the Jets. So I'm I'm still wrong on my initial draft assessment of him. Um, he He's a stud. Anthony Richardson looked a little rough, but apparently has looked good enough to be named starter. C.J. Stroud looked a little rough. Bryce Young looked like he should retire if that's the offensive line they're putting in front of him. And I don't know. I I know you probably haven't watched Hard Knocks. I haven't really watched Hard Knocks. Um, But 
I did watch a clip from Hard Knocks this morning. And Rob Sala, if he doesn't make it as a head coach, I don't know what's happening in the world because I am obviously very opposed to the Jets right now for the simple fact that, well, they keep adding pro bowlers to that roster and making my life just a little worse. And I was ready to run through the wall for that motherfucker. I've been on that hype train for three years now. Him and Dan Campbell. Dude. A Jets-Lions Super Bowl, granted... The Lions beating the Jets and stopping Aaron Rodgers from winning a Super Bowl would be fucking hilarious. Uh, like there, there is no more fun story than that. I think, um, but dude, Sala, you know, watch silent film because he's a football coach and they're weird. You know, defense, good job. And then immediately eviscerates the offensive line. Just, I mean, their grandchildren felt bad for them at that point in time. Like, it was brutal. And I was like, God damn, I mean, but, granted, apparently the Jets are doing something that might help with that. Um, but that offensive, that t- we all know it. The Jets are going to be relevant if that offensive line shows up. That like you have a Hall of Fame quarterback, you have damn good receivers, you have damn good running backs, you add Dalvin Cook to that, and you have a defense that's probably going to be top five or higher. I mean, the floor of that defense is top seven. You're going to have a team that has all the pieces to be relevant. And we all know that no matter how good that team is, if the offensive line can't stop a nosebleed... You're probably not winning where you think you should be winning. And the rumors are that um, the Jets have reached out with um, ideas of to go to get another player to help on that offensive line. Um, if it happens, the, the memes will get louder. I've been gone for a week. I haven't had a lot of access to this stuff. I got to watch the Niner game and the Chiefs game. Um, And then I didn't even get much highlights because by the time I turned NFL Network or ESPN on, they were showing the Niners beat down or the Chiefs loss. And both of which, there were one starter on the field at any given time. So, like... Well, there was a there, there was a story that came out this morning. Oh boy, haven't seen that yet. Um, the Jets have thrown out potential trade proposals to try and get David Bakhtari. The New York Packers are in full force. At this point, I'm just going to start referring to them as the Green Team. Because I don't know which which team I'm talking about, but it's it's the one wearing green. Yeah, if if I mean if, if you add Bakhtari and he's healthy, the the left side's taken care of now. 
you know, now if Mekhi Becton can not only lose 60 pounds but become anywhere close to the football player he's supposed to be, now you have a team that, oh, look, our 40-year-old Hall of Fame quarterback doesn't have to run around for his life. That's a problem. Um, Bryce Young, I don't see help on the way to you. You're going to have to run around for your life. I'm sorry. Well, and that's going to come uh, with the fact of him being three foot nine. Um, looking, did he, did he hit a growth spurt? I think he did right okay. there at training okay. training camp. Yeah. Look, I wasn't high on that so far, and I get it's preseason week one. Anthony Richardson looked like what they said he would. A little sloppy, a little. His mechanics actually seemed good from what I've seen. His accuracy wasn't great. They said he needed to work on that. Okay, there's another couple of guys that needed to work on accuracy when their rookie year. I think one of them ended up playing in the Super Bowl very recently with the Eagles. Um, but he looked. It's. It wasn't that he wasn't reading the defense. He just couldn't put the ball quite where he wanted it. That that's a dude. I'm not worried about the Colts this year. Eh, maybe a 500 team. Give them. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think anybody had high aspirations. Like, but naming Anthony Richardson the starter was the right move. And don't get me wrong, I love me Gardner Minshew. I love me Gardner Minshew. But Anthony Richardson, you drafted him. Don't let him sit. There's another team out there that let a guy sit. And it didn't work out too well. Not only, not all the time does it turn into Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers when he let a quarterback sit. Do I have high hopes for the other guy? God, I hope so. But also with the play calls I've seen, nobody was doing anything productive. Especially with the offensive line that was thrown out in front of that poor kid. Or the three people that played in that game. My God, it was awful. But, yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't see much out of week one that I really needed to go over. Um, I mean, first off, anybody sitting there clowning Trey Lance, did you see the plays? Yeah, he had a three-step drop and he got hit on the first step. The rest of it was runs. And I'll say this much, the Niners running backs looks like Niners running backs. Did they score? No. Oh, well. Boo-hoo. The Raiders did have a couple of rotational guys that I thought looked really good. I can't pick their names out right now. But some of their rotational guys were really a lot better than I anticipated, especially with the team that they trotted out on a field last year. Um, and then their quarterback, um, number four, uh, and it was the damnedest thing. I was like, I know Derek Carr's not a Raider, but why is he on the field? Yeah, it was O'Connell or whatever. He didn't look bad. Speaking of backup quarterbacks, did you see the play out of fucking Jacksonville? Yes. I don't know that guy's name. He was in the XFL last year. Holy shit. God, that guy doesn't go down. Wrapped up. Throws a dot to the back corner of the end zone. That was fucking incredible. That was great. Um, I mean, position groups kind of showed what they were this weekend with week one. You got to see the rotational guys. And if that's not your thing, I get it. But it is football. 
you're only as good as your backups. Obviously, you don't want to trot a team of backups out there. You want a few starters to lead. But in my instance, Fred Warner wasn't out there. Nick Bosa wasn't out there. No Debo, no Brandon, no George, no Brock. No Trent, no starting offensive line. Like, everything I've seen was expected, for the most part. The blowout loss to the Raiders by the Niners, not incredibly expected. But one of those teams is rebuilding. They're throwing a few more guys out there. They're, they want to see how their, their prospects run the offense. A team like the Chiefs, the Eagles, the Niners, which the Eagles defense, um, as much as it pains me to say this and makes me wrong, they don't look like they really missed a beat. Um, obviously, I know that that's not all starters and, and, and stuff like that, but my God, they looked good. But for the most part, these are teams that are like, we've got five plays. And we have three formations off of those five plays. We have a 15-play playbook, and it's just there's no rhythm. There's no camaraderie. There's no, I know what you're thinking when we see this. They're running the play that's given them against the defense that was given to them. You're not, you're not going to get much out of that. Except you're gonna see who can play. You're gonna see. So you're gonna see. You're gonna see the guys whose game takes over. Ronnie Bell. Yeah. He had four huge catches, and I think he actually got them from Sam Darnold. Like he had, which you and I kind of discussed this off the podcast. But Ronnie Bell was a great Michigan wide receiver. I think it was Michigan. Sounds right. I feel like it was Michigan. Um, but he had that one drop in the bowl game. And, but when you look at the rest of his tape, he doesn't drop the ball. He's a small guy, small white guy. He kind of looked like Danny Amendola. I'm not, but just against the threes, that was that was Danny Amendola esque. A good slot option. You put him on a slant route, he's gonna fuck somebody's ankles up over the middle of the field. He doesn't go down. He runs like Debo, but he knows he's not. So he'll put his shoulder into one guy and then go down. Like, I liked what I seen out of that. And obviously I'm talking my game because I got to see a lot of it. I was actually back at the hotel in Sioux Falls. So, like, when I watched it, D. Winters has great sideline to sideline that, speed. That is one guy I did, I, I saw in the Niners game. And but the yeah. one that stood out more than that was Graham, the guy stand playing next to him. Holy shit! I sent you, I sent it to you so I could save it. You know how I do that shit. Mm-hmm. But the highlight clips, yeah, I've seen D. Winters go sideline to sideline, just like he did at TCU. Like great, I've got a rotational linebacker. And then I've seen, I think it's Jordan Graham. Hold on here, I got it right here, um, Jalen Graham. He is so instinctual. He looks like Navarro Bowman. I mean, he just shoots the gap on every play. He might have not made the tackle, but he disrupted the timing of the play. He needs to be in the backfield. He's in the backfield. He, I mean, it, it, 
You expect that out of the 49ers, though. You expect that out of the Bears, the the Ravens, to draft linebackers that know what the mm-hmm. fuck they're doing. And obviously the rich get richer. You have two – you can throw your backups and probably be fine and give your starters a rest. That's terrifying for a defense. Yeah. But, but there were guys that flashed and there were guys that didn't. Trey Lance looked like dog shit. Guess what? So did Sam Darnold. Brandon Allen was the best quarterback on that that field for the 49ers all weekend. Yeah. Brandon Allen's not the best quarterback on the roster. Brandon Allen's not making the roster. No. He's a he's a he's a he's going to be the practice squad, the scout team quarterback. He knows that. And there's nothing wrong with that. God, could you imagine being the practice squad quarterback? I mean, I I feel like I could sign up for that job and I'd be pretty happy. I you're you're part of the team. You, you're right. You're not getting the fame. You're not getting the fortune. You're still helping. You're you're still pushing that. Do team. not tell Chase Daniel that backup quarterbacks don't get the fortune or the fame. All He's right. on NFL Network. I get it. I mean, there are exceptions to the rule, but Brandon Allen being the best quarterback on the field. Does not bring up a quarterback controversy. I mean, I, I feel like I've been saying it for a couple months. 13's the guy. 13 needs to get his arm working, and he's been fully cleared. Like I called six months ago. Was I still hoping that five was him? Yeah, I was. I hope he is for somebody else. But the way, more it looks like, and like what we discussed either last week or two weeks ago. He doesn't fit San Francisco. And I don't think it's... Kyle Shanahan fits San Francisco when we had that discussion. Kind of. We didn't get into coaches. But but when you, you with that same thought process, Kyle Shanahan fits San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Just like Trey fits Tampa Bay. Or Tennessee or Minnesota, I really think you get him into a Midwest feel. Yes. Where he feels at home. He'll pick up the offense. Fuck, what I was seeing from the kid was he's out there, he was going through his progressions just like he's he's been taught. In a Shanahan offense, you have to go through your progressions. Well, fuck, the kid did that, and he got smacked upside the back of the head 15 fucking times. What What do you want from him? I get it. You want him to say, no, no, yes. No, yes, yes. Like, I, I get it. But you've been dogging on him for three years that he doesn't go through his progressions, and the first thing he does, nope, 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 pocket's gone. I can't help but feel sorry for him, and yeah, his touchdown... Should have been intercepted. It was a bad throw. I also seen where he was going with it. His timing was off. I don't know who that wide receiver was. I know who Ross Dwelly is because they nickname him Baby Kittle. Sorry. George Kittle names him Baby Kittle, which is a little odd, but it is what it is. That That's not for me to judge, although I will judge it. I, I find that odd, George. That that A little conceited. But I understand when you're a gorilla, you don't think like that. So, 
the preseason is where you look at technique. Say, say preseason, preseason for me is who's going to pop. I, I don't care if it's one play. Who's going to pop? Like, Drew Tranquil looked like a really good signing for the Chiefs. He looked great. He looked really good. He, he got, got some plays in his belt, kind of got to see how he reads plays. Looked like a great signing. He was very instinctual. Mm-hmm. And, Be- I mean, and that's that's the report on him out after leaving the Chargers. It that That is the report, is the dude instincts-driven, quick to respond, and he's a hitter. And you pair... That's one of those things you pair with a guy like Nick Bolton, who... He, Nick... I hate saying shit like this because it's like, oh, you don't think Nick Bolton's instinct? Nick Bolton's very much instinctual, but he's also he's cerebral. Yes, let the play develop. He he's Nick, Nick Bolton has has kind of that he has that same kind of feel that like like Ray did, where he's not going to overreact at the first thing, but as soon as you think you're clear of the first thing, Nick Bolton's shoulders in your gut. Yeah, it, he, he's he's you look very at, smart. He he plays Keekly-esque. Yes, and, and I mean I won't say he's like Keekly because but, Keekly but was you one of them. Look at like a, a Luke Keekly and uh, Thompson um, linebacking core. Uh, not Thompson. I can't think of his name right now. Well, it was Derek Thompson, wasn't it? It was Thompson. I Derek Derek isn't right. Derek isn't right. He played for the Broncos first, and then he went and finished out his career in Thomas. Carolina. Thomas. Yes, thank you. God, that was going to drive me nuts. Um, but yeah, Thomas was very instinctual. Patrick Willis, Navarro Bowman. Mm-hmm. The only reason you don't have some... I can't tell you who played alongside uh, Ray Lewis or Brian Urlacher. I'll stop by can either. They're great linebackers. When you look at some of the duos that we've had... You look at those two sets where you had one guy that's playing with his hair on fire and the other one who's like, I'm going to let him do his shit, and if he fucks somebody up, he fucks somebody up. But as soon as he takes a wrong first step and fucks up the fullback instead of the running back, I'm right there in the gap next to him fucking up the running back. Yeah. That You get a pair like that. Your defense is fine. Yeah, I mean you have you have the ability, and I mean that you pair Willie Gay in there as well. Hold on, guys. It sounds like we've got some. guys sorry about that um just had a whole bunch of feedback show up on the computer we didn't hear anything if you guys hear anything sorry i think we've got it all fixed up back to linebackers um god this is really hard when you have to stop in the middle of a thought uh with technical difficulties when there may or may not be uh but having two linebackers one to play as instinctual as possible and the other one to play 
when the leader of your defense doesn't have to rely on just his instincts. Thank you. I, I think I, I think that's where you're going with this. Yes. Is it, where you have when you have the wrecking ball, where your crane operator gets to be your crane operator, and the wrecking ball just does what it does. It, it allows you a lot of freedom in your defensive playbook, and and I think that's you know having one good linebacker is great. Having two really good linebackers, I think you almost take the trade off. I agree. But before you get lost in the linebacker conversation again, we will awkward transition. Um, I would like to talk about some receivers. Okay. Because the game is more fun when wide receivers play football. And when good wide receivers play football, it makes everything a little more exciting. And I didn't. I watched football this weekend, but I was. I, I mean, I had a family event on Saturday, and I was kind of half in, half out. Each one of my grandparents ended up in the emergency room this weekend, so it just football wasn't always the most important thing. Uh, Bitch, you didn't tell me that. They're fine. Um, but with the Chiefs, because obviously the one game I truly paid attention to, the the Chiefs wide receiver room is an, is an interesting place to be. Um, with the Chiefs losing Jody Fortson today, the rumor is that the Chiefs may keep seven receivers on the roster. If they do, pretty sure Justin Ross is a lock to make this roster. Um, but I believe that allows us the ability to keep Nick, Nico Romingo too. And that kid is exciting. I don't know if I love the idea of my wide receiver wearing number 27. That seems a little odd. Um, but that kid's going to be exciting if, if you... <laughs> the Chiefs have a fifth-round pick in Cornell Powell, who should be... There and it looks like two UDFA guys are are going to uh, ensure that he's not on this roster. Um, for the Niners, it was nice to see uh, Chris Conley out there making plays again. I I like Chris Conley. I miss. He had some good days as a Chief. I don't me wrong. I would have never wanted the Chiefs to pay him what Jacksonville did when he left. Um, but it's nice to see some of those rotational players. The receivers that we don't all know, because I mean, of course, uh, Kadarius Tony is currently out because of an injury. Surprise, surprise. You know, MVS probably going well. It's probably not a bad thing because that means he can't completely uproot me as the potential number one receiver. Sky Moore, but I think, I think the Chiefs are going to have one of those one of those no name guys or one of those less known NFL guys, I think you could actually see a jump out of them, um, and, and they could make a case for that top two, top three wide receiver on the team. And, God, dude, just with with the receiving talent in football. You know, I mean, these receivers are coming into the game, coming into the NFL game ready. I mean, we've seen it with Jamar Chase. We've seen it with Justin Jefferson. Quentin Johnston looks like he looks like he just fucked up the idea of drafting a Chargers wide receiver. 
because now you don't know who it is. You don't know which one it's going to be. And, and you're running into a lot of teams like that. I mean, you know, with with Miami, you know it. You have a pretty good idea. It's going to be Jalen Waddle. It's going to be Tyreek Hill. You got to guess right, sure. But you know, at some point in time, each one of them is going to have that week. With the Eagles, you've got uh, AJ Brown. You've got Devonta Smith. You know, one of them is going to have that week. With the Chiefs, with the Chargers now, because I mean, don't get me wrong, I would trade the Chiefs wide receiver situation for the Chargers wide receiver situation because the Chiefs may not have. The Chiefs are trying to figure out which one of their number twos is a number one. The Chargers are trying to figure out which one of their number ones is a number two or a number three. Possibly number four. Because when you have Keenan Allen, who at this point in his career isn't blowing anybody out of the water with his speed, but he's a route specialist. And that's what Keenan Allen's always been. He, he is a route specialist. He has a route tree for days. And that's that's who he is as a receiver. He's a great possession, a great route tree guy. He he's, can get open deep because he fucked you up at the line. He's mostly healthy Michael Thomas. Yeah. Then you got Mike Williams, who's big play, deep ball. He, he's going to outrun you, he's going to outjump you, and then he's just going to stand up over you. And then you've got Quentin Johnston, who's... Gonna outrun you. He's gonna outjump you. He's already bigger than you, and he's gonna stand over you. And I know we make jokes about the Chiefs and not, you know, being basically impervious to the AFC West. If Brandon Staley can just not be involved on game day, the Chargers are fucking terrifying, dude. I, it, and that is the Chargers' problem. Is Brandon Staley. Uh, it felt like I was crazy saying it last year. And at the beginning of the year, I looked crazy. By the end of the year, you got back to the play calling where you're like, what the fuck are you doing? I, 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 we, we both called for it. Whenever they lost to the Jags, we both immediately went, that was Staley's last game. We got on the following week, Tuesday night, and we went, hey... Have you noticed they haven't fired Staley yet? How and then do you on have Wednesday, a talent like that at quarterback with the talent on the roster? I get the Chargers are going to charge her. I mean, and, and, and I made that joke a couple of different times this weekend while talking with people. But dear God, is it really that fucking difficult? The Bills are going to make the same mistake, and I love Sean McDermott. He's a great defensive coach. But you've seen what the offense is, mm-hmm. and you can't you can't keep reverting to the same bullshit and the bad play calling and the bad decision making when you have a potential Hall of Fame quarterback just in sheer talent with a roster that's built to win, and that's what's so upsetting about some of these teams in the AFC. The Bills, the Bills can, or sorry, the Bengals, the Bengals can win it all. The Chiefs can win it. The Bengals, I have confidence in their play calling. They have to get through the Chiefs, but that's actually the team I have. I think as as much as we laughed at the Zach Taylor hire. Yes. Yes. I I mean, we laughed at the... I was wrong. You had people laughing at the Sean McVay hire. These these young, offensive-minded... I mean, let's face it. These guys that grew up playing fucking Madden are, are making good coaches. 
weird. Whatever you call a game, you know, whatever you call eight games a day on Madden, you'll learn a few things. You understand clock management. You understand where, you know, where, how, why. And, I mean, these guys are are proving left and right. It's hard. It's hard to think about hiring a head coach when you're and not think about the young offensive guy, because they're they're showing it left and right that that's it works. And the analytics thing hasn't been working. Yeah, analytics has its place in football. I won't argue that. No, it's not just not on the sideline. Not with the main headset on the sideline. Okay, I like that better. I, I I believe I believe the guy wearing the main headset should have a little guy next to him that goes, "Hey, numbers say this. Do you? What's your gut say? Yeah. How many times has the gut won the Super Bowl? I not once have I heard. Oh, he's a purely analytics guy. No. Bill Belichick, he won on his gut. And Tom Brady. It, it, well, the kicker. Those jokes will never get old. Just like Wander Franco's. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I was I was I was hoping it would go. I was just hoping. I was hoping we could just <laughs> allegedly. <clears throat> I was hoping we could just skate by that. <laughs> And and no, I, I, I you said it, and I was like, okay, maybe he's drank enough to forget. And then I heard the brake check, just engine brakes kicked on, and I knew we were gonna turn right into that fucking wall. We've made uh, it this far. You know, for turning, we're able to drive. Unlike so. <clears throat> No. More more games are won on gut calls and feeling and refs blowing games than... Hey, they trust their gut, man. And their knees. Than analytics. If analytics won football games, you know what would have happened two years ago? Between the uh, the Chargers and the the Raiders, Chargers would have won, or they would have made the playoffs at least. Hmm. It's funny. These two idiots here talking to you said, "Don't fucking do that, Brandon Staley. What are you doing?" And he did it. And I'm not gonna give you any specific thing that he did because there were like seven things in overtime that he did. Also, anybody listening to this knows exactly what he did. Like, we all watched that going, hey, dumbass, that's a bad idea. Just, just run the clock out. That's all you have to do. You're, you're, you've already agreed to it. They've already agreed to it. This game's ending in a tie. We all knew it. (laughs) But Every one of us. Just just punt. Just punt. You've got the ball at like you're 40. Just punt. I get it. It's fourth and two. Punt. Punt. 
Brandon Staley, you punt. Brandon Staley, you fucking punt. You punt. You know what happens then? They get the ball at the fucking 25, 30. Maybe they run it back to the 40. You know what you don't give them? The ball at your own goddamn 40. And an attitude. With a minute and a half, and the ball at your own 40, with you on defense... You know what the other team's going to do? Well, fuck it. I think we can just win this thing. Because worst case scenario is, fuck it. We ran clock out and turn over on downs. You get three seconds left to put up a Hail Mary. Oh, no. Lose-lose. Nope, that's a win-win for them. You gave them a win-win in a win-lose situation. No. So, I'm still calling for Brandon Staley's job. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I don't know how you can look at that two years ago and think, yep, no, this is fine. And then this last year against the Jags. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you had it. I don't know if you had the better quarterback. Damn it, he looked good. You had the better wide receivers. You had the better running back. You had the better defense. You didn't have the better play calling. And, and don't get me wrong, it's going to be hard to have better play calling than, Doug, Doug, than good old Dougie Peterson. Oh, no, most definitely. But, man. All you have to do is not fuck up. A perfect, if you would have lost calling the perfect game, which we've seen it happen. Yeah. It happens all the time. It sucks. That's the heartbreaking losses. That's Josh Allen sitting there with zero seconds on the clock in the AFC Championship game. I get it. Yeah, I mean, it's that's a perfect game. Yeah, when 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 you have the lead, you take the lead with thirteen seconds. Yeah, you've called a perfect game. Oh no, they could have slaved a second here. No, you had that. That's called a perfect game. Perfect is 80% or better in sports. And you can't convince me otherwise. It's fair. You you called a perfect game. That game, fuck, for two years in a row, that game was called at 99%. You can't be mad. The only thing you can do is sit there and be sad. Now, if you're a Chargers fan, you should be rioting in the streets of L.A., which I know there's four of you. Pretty sure they just call that an outing. <laughs> we we ran to the grocery store, all hopped in the same Chevy Spark. Their signs. No, I get it, but I, I I don't I don't know. Even in the preseason, when you look at that roster and you see the talent that they have, that team should be in the AFC Championship game. If they're not, that should be a perfect game called that they're on the wrong end of if they're not in it. That should be a knockdown drag out fight. And the only team that they give a knockdown drag out fight during the regular season is the Chiefs. Otherwise, it's a 50 50 shot. And once you get them into the playoffs, all you have to do is wait for Brandon Staley to go, oh, the numbers say to do this. When football instinct says do that. Do the exact opposite. 
If it's fourth and two and you feel like running the ball, Brandon Staley do the exact opposite. If it's fourth and 17 and numbers say to punt it, at this point, run the fucking ball, throw it, I don't know, anything. Hand it to the other team at the goal line and say, just kneel it. Do anything other than what you're going to fucking do. I don't know what else to say. Because that, that team, like you alluded to, is terrifying. So, I mean, they, they have a similar problem to what the Jets have. That offensive line has questions. Granted, they, I believe they do have a very good left tackle in Rashawn Slater. I, I think you've got you've got the, the ability to do it. That team is a legitimate team that you have to consider for the Super Bowl. And, and I'm, I'm as guilty of it as anybody. I assume the Chargers are going to charge her. I mean, that it's team is good enough to win the Super Bowl, and that team could go seven and ten. And I and at this point, I fully blame coaching. Yeah, I mean, and, and you, it's funny because a you, year you ago can't, you can't blame the quarterback. I mean, I will talk shit on Justin Herbert yes. until he wins something. And I was just about to make until that I'm point. blue in the face, and I, I will gladly do that. He's an opposing quarterback in my division who hasn't won shit and all rights to do so. Which like. But I'm also not going to sit here and act fucking stupid and act like that's not a top five quarterback in the league. I mean, the ceiling of Justin Herbert is the highest goddamn ceiling in the NFL. There's not a single player. All in a golden lab, like, puppy of a human being. Yeah, <laughs> absolute gold retriever energy. But that dude is, he, he's got the arm talent that can beat anybody in the league. He's mobile enough to beat anybody in the league. He's smart. He makes good decisions. He is accurate. He's everything you want. If you build a quarterback in a fucking lab, you build. Uh, he is he's the player you have all made on Madden. You're expecting Patrick Mahomes to walk out, but you get Justin Herbert. Yeah, I mean, he he is that guy. He is everything you want. He he as far as talent. He is the best quarterback in football, and I'm not afraid to say that. But everybody's got their crux. Right now, his is coaching. You give me a coach that I believe in? Yes. And my biggest knock on the guy is he hasn't figured out how to call his own game. And that's because he came into the situation of, here's Brandon Staley. He's a genius. Yeah. Brandon Staley's plays themselves are gorgeous. They are some of the most creative offensive plays you will ever see. Maybe, and, and I get it, sometimes you need to have that Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers where you go out and go, fuck that play call, I'm calling my own shit. I'm sorry. I think getting Joe Lombardi out of, out of his ear, I hope... It's it's weird for me to say this. I hope getting Joe Lombardi out of his ear and Kellen Moore into it makes him a little better. Forgot about that. I I, I hope I hope Kellen Moore wasn't the problem in Dallas. And and I I don't think he was. I I think Mike McCarthy's the second biggest problem Dallas has. Number one, obviously, being Jerry Jones. I was going to say interceptions, but no, no. I still think Jerry Jones is still their biggest problem. Um. But I, I hope Kellen Moore wasn't the issue and shows that he wasn't the issue. Granted, yeah, if you make me pick between Dak and 
Justin. I'm gonna take either Justin. Um, oh, just just to be well, and that's just, just to it. be clear. When you see Justin Herbert throw an interception and he walks off the field, you can see the wheels turning. Like, okay, where did I fuck up? And he go, it, he does, he's doing that before he gets to the bench. He's so cool, calm, and collected, and that gets lost on the guy because you see him as a golden retriever. He he, he I I feel like there's not a mean bone in the guy's body, but then you watch him play football and he goes. He doesn't have the ferocity to go out there and just start yelling like Pat or Josh, but he does it with his arm, it, which is he's stoic. And yeah, I love the guy, and, and I get it. Make fun of him, like you have to give him all the shit in the world. I get it. No, you're right. How can you not put him at least in the top ten? Uh, I, I mean, I think if if you're not putting him at the top five, I mean, if you want to call him six, sure, whatever. Right. But if you're not putting him in the category, you're lying. I mean, you're lying to yourself. I mean. It, it just just picking a quarterback, picking what the guy can do on the field. Who are you? I mean, sure, Mahomes you because him in you, because you see Mahomes, you've seen what Mahomes can do. Josh, sure, because you've seen what Josh can do. But I think the argument's there to be made between Josh and Justin. I think Joe clears him because, and th- this for me, J- Joe always goes back to the same fucking problem. And it's always the dot goddamn Tom Brady comparison that I've unfortunately made too many fucking times. Because he's not the best at any one given, given damn thing, but he is one of the cleanest fucking thinkers on the football field. And and I think that you have to attribute his ability to not make the mistake. That's a great ability to have at quarterback. And, and I, like I said, I think you take Patrick over him. I think you take Joe over him. I don't think there's another quarterback you can definitively say without a shadow of a doubt, I'm taking him over him. Yeah, no, and, like, obviously, with my love for Josh Allen, I'll put Josh Allen three. Justin four, and then Lamar five. If you wanted wanted to argue with me to swap four and five, fine. We'll have... I'll argue. I'll argue that point... New, uh, <laughs> tooth and nail. There we go. The, that bird dog's catching up with me. So but I, I mean, I think that you can argue. You have the argument there. I mean, because between four and six, we have probably five quarterbacks that you can name. You have Justin. You right. have Jalen. You have it. Lamar. You have Aaron. You have uh, Trevor. Like you have you there there are five legitimate guys you can argue between spots four and six. None of us are right. Like no, and it's it's literally a week to week thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, who who was their competition? What you get you at that point you start breaking down numbers, and if you have to break down numbers, first off, can we just take a moment to realize? How great it is to be a football fan with the amount of quarterbacks we have in the league right now. Yeah, can they go to the NFC now? Fucking bring them except, on. Except for except for one, obviously. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. I would hate to see Josh or Joe in the NFC because, as much as I hate having that to, to have to go through those two, 
to get to the Super Bowl. You know once you're in, you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Yeah, the fact that I don't have to worry about Joe Burrow in the Super Bowl is kind of nice. The fact that, you know, and and right now, Jalen is probably the best quarterback in the NFC. I mean, it, 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 there's not a lot of great quarterbacks in the NFC. Are they coming? Probably. But. Do I think it's with this year's crop? No. I mean, yeah, I mean, well, shit, in this year's crop, there's only one of them that's in the NFC. I mean, and I don't think Bryce turns into Superman himself, but he's the only one in the NFC. You know, the guys that you could argue are the, the bigger, better versions are both in the AFC. I think both of those teams yeah, are a long when, ways away. When your but, two best quarterbacks in the NFC are going to be Jalen and uh, Derek. I'm trying to see if I can prove you wrong. You got Kirk. I, I, uh, I like that. I like Kirk. Uh, obviously, you and, and I both like and, and Kirk. If, and I'll, I'll, I know we don't. I know nobody wants to hear about our fantasy teams, but especially right now, considering they haven't. But keepers lock in a couple of days. That they do. Jonathan Taylor was my keeper. I'm panicking. Currently have Justin Fields set as my, key, my as my keeper. Hey, he's going to screen pass his way into an MVP. <laughs> hey, he man. got three touchdowns off that shit. Two in three attempts. Um, but no, I'm like <laughs> right now he is he's the keeper I have selected. If he's still there Saturday, come to find out. But I think. If, if Justin takes the leap, I think you'll have an argument that Justin Fields can be up there. Um, Jared Goff, I think, deserves to be in the okay, conversation. Yes. yes. Um, Jared, Jared Goff see. doesn't get the love he deserves. Let's see. You've got Jalen, Dax, Sam Howell, and... Oh, yeah, Daniel Jones. You can understand why I forgot about him. Uh, let's see. The South, have you have a laughing stock. And, and, and Derek Carr. Yeah. NFC West, you have, I mean, Kyler's hurt, so we can't really call him right now. Um, you got Gino. You got Gino, who, I mean, if Gino has another year like he had last year, okay, I'll, I'll listen to the argument at that time. Gino's also been in the league for like a decade. Because he, he was the same draft class as Travis Kelsey. He's been there a minute. I'm happy to see him have a good season. I'm not going to call him the best quarterback in the NFC. Um, I mean, hell, he might not be the best quarterback in his division. If, if Matthew Stafford's healthy, I think he deserves to be in the yeah, conversation. It, and that's a big if, and which is crazy because he was so reliable in Detroit. And I, said, I, I think he'll be back at least as mostly um and so like I, said, I think you have arguments but the rams the rams roster is not going to be good this year no so yeah you're gonna you're still gonna if you have the opportunity to draft cooper cup i would suggest taking it but if i mean if you can guarantee those two are healthy yeah you've got 
a number one wide receiver numbers. But, God, now the quarterback situation in the NFC and, and the AFC is so disparagingly different. Because you've got guys that you can argue are at the top. Or deserve to be at the top. Right. With the AFC, you have guys that you have to argue that they are the top. And, I mean, shit. You, you list out the top five quarterbacks in the NFL. Depending on how you feel about Jalen. And I understand the, the retort of, hey, Jalen had one good year. I get it. I mean, and I and, and I can understand. Have, you do have to get that repetitive. When we bring up Herbert and Allen and Burrow and Mahomes and even Rodgers, how many years in a row was it uh, Allen and Mahomes are the best two quarterbacks? Like three? Two or three. And then Burrow finally shows up, and he's done it two in a row. Convincingly, yeah. I, I mean, as of right now, he's as far as the young guys are concerned. I mean, Aaron, being the elder statesman, Aaron, Aaron has a seat at the table, obviously. But it, it's kind of he's he's quickly moving to the legacy seat. Yeah, and um, I hate that when I look at quarterbacks today, who I want running my team today. Yeah. Yeah. He's on the list. He's not at the top. No, but he's he's like I said, he's at the table. He's just he kind of has the legacy seat. Like you know, he's going to be there. You know, he's going to do something that's going to make you say, "Wow!" You know that's going to happen. But when when you're talking about building quarterbacks or building around quarterbacks, Aaron's not the guy you're thinking about. Not not today. But Joe is probably. I would argue he's the second most accomplished quarterback of the newer generation. Of of the younger guys, you know, Mahomes a newer, however you want to call it. He's the second most accomplished. Yes, I realize him and Jalen effectively have the same accomplishments. Joe's been to two AFC championship games. Jalen's only been to one. They've each lost a Super Bowl. I... And, and Jalen had the better Super Bowl between the two. And, okay, that's fine. But I think Joe's, the two years of doing it, going to the Super Bowl, going back to the AFC Championship game, having a chance to win that game, I think you have to give it to Joe right now. And and I think if any of us in this room, and that, granted, there's no Philly fans in here, but anybody picking, hey, we're doing we're doing a fantasy draft or we're doing a whatever draft we're redrafting the entire NFL no Patrick Mahomes went number 1 who are you taking at number 2 you're taking Joe Burrow I I don't feel like that's a stretch I don't feel like that's lying through your teeth if you want to argue Justin Herbert in that spot I'd listen to it but you're taking Joe Burrow yeah no and even at 3 3 and 4 I still think you're going AFC guys Depending on what team it is drafting, obviously, at that spot. Yeah, I mean, you um, unless you have a predisposed thought of what you want. I mean, if, if you're taking quarterbacks, if that's you're, you're thinking who's going to be great for the next 10 years, you're going Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, probably in that order. Regardless of play caller. 
Because we've seen, and as much no, shit no, you, as we... You pick your play caller, you go, hey, that's your fucking guy. You're going to build your offense around him. Yeah, and, and I get half of this episode has been shitting on Brandon Staley for not being able to call a game. But when you look at uh, Justin Herbert, he's still been great in spite of the terrible fucking play calling around him. It, I, I mean, I said it last year. I and I said I, I felt like he's out there doing what he can with what he's got. He, I mean, he did it again. Say, what if, What else did you want him to do against the Jacks? What else other than just smack fucking Brandon Staley across the head did you want Justin Herbert to do? Trevor Lawrence did everything he could. Fuck, we seen that firsthand. Trevor Lawrence did every goddamn thing he could to win that football game. There's three other quarterbacks, four other quarterbacks that could have been in that football game that would have done the same thing. Lamar, Justin, Josh, and Joe. And we ought to see another one of those matchups the following week. And it would have been another one of those matchups. Yeah. So, yeah, your play calling matters. But to sit here and, and try and take away from what we've said about Justin Herbert or any one of these quarterbacks based on their play calling, they're still great. You don't have a... A Dak Prescott type of moment where it's like, oh, that was great play calling. And yeah, they per- called a perfect game. Didn't throw any interceptions. What do you do the next week? No. Oh, he went out and did the same fucking thing running for his life with four broken ribs. Week four of the NFL. I can think of one guy that did that. I can think of a, another guy that didn't have the broken ribs but played well above the play calling, which was great play calling, in an NFC or an AFC divisional game. Hell, on the NFC guide, I'll go, I'll go ahead and throw my guy out there. Somebody thrown in week nine to go out there and just play above what you're supposed to. Hell, let's give Jalen Hurts the credit he deserves. I don't know what Nick Sirianni's doing. Because there for two years, it didn't look great. Jalen Hurts gets it. Jalen Hurts plays above the play calling. Maybe Nick Sirianni finally understood some of that. I think he that. finally understood his quarterback. And I and I think that's part of... I, I think they find... I think Philadelphia finally found the happy medium. And, and I'm excited to see what Philadelphia does this year. Because was that... You know... Was that the... the Hey, he could win MVP this year, and then you never hear from him again in the MVP race. Or was that the start of something? And I think that has to has a legitimate conversation that you have to have around Jalen Hurts right now. Because yeah, it was great. If he comes back and does it again, yeah. If he has another season in. where where you're talking and this four thousand forty five hundred having to prove it, it's the combo. Yeah, that's what gets lost. Yeah is is this team going to be the team that gets that gets Back to contention for the Super Bowl. Unless Jalen Hurts falls off like Carson Wentz. Yeah, I mean, Jalen Hurts will then just be Jalen Hurts. 
We've seen what he can do with perfect play calling. We we don't know. I don't feel like it's going to be like that. You don't. I, from talking with you, uh, you and I both know or feel. I can't say we both know. But we feel that Jalen Hurts is what we saw last year. Maybe a slight step back because people now see it coming. And believe it or not, guys, and a I, defensive coordinator can start to call for stuff like that. And, and I think and, uh, I think them losing that quarterback sneak maybe plays into it because he, he got a lot of rushing touchdowns. He, he inflated some stats with that play. I'm not I'm not bitching about the play. I don't want it to come across as that way. But I, I kind of wish they wouldn't have defended. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I I want to say that again as the 49ers fan that had to watch the NFC Championship game. Fucking defend it. You don't like it. What did What did they really do wrong? Not a goddamn thing. They had a quarterback that could squat nine hundred. I don't know. What was it twelve thousand pounds? <laughs> I don't know, and and then I don't know. I, I know I saw a video of him squatting a full tanker truck the other day. But yeah, yeah, light, yeah, light work. That was warm up. And, and then you've got your running backs doing nothing wrong but getting into perfect position and leveraging themselves underneath the guards to defend it. Figure out a way to defend it. You and I said that last year. Mm-hmm. As soon as they made the rule. No, fuck that. Figure out a way to defend it. You don't want the Eagles on third and one? Fucking defend it. Don't let them get to third and one. Don't let them get it short yards. I mean, it, it, it. that's football. I mean, it's a game that you play against adversity the entire time. And you know what? I have complete and total confidence that the NFL would have found a way to... Defend it. And and so Rob Sala would have found a way to defend against it. Would he have ever gotten to use it? Probably not. Well, I mean, I I, I have, I think that, not trying to stutter here, it's just happening. The defense for it exists. It's just, it's not going to be pretty if somebody defends it. It's. It's gonna be. You're gonna risk a serious. The best way to defend that play, you're risking a serious injury. And if that's, I, I don't like that necessarily. But I, I've seen and heard enough to be like, okay, because the way you stop that play is your offside linebacker at a dead sprint dives head first over the line. It's going to end badly for somebody. Whether it be the linebacker or the quarterback, it's going to end bad. And you know what the shitty thing is? That play is happening every kickoff anyways. Or uh, not kickoff, uh, extra point and field goal. That's happening anyways. And you're right. The quarterback's not on the field. I mean, as, it, as shitty as it is. Your quarterback's I, not on the field. And, I, and now we're now we're just getting to a point in the show where we're just bitching about the NFL. But, <laughs> no, I get you have to protect your biggest asset, which is a quarterback. It's also a fucking game. And if your only play 
is the quarterback sneak that nets seven yards. Good on you, first off, for getting a quarterback sneak that nets seven yards. I'm not mad. Don't be mad when I blow it up. No, I mean... Uh, Injuries are part of football, and you don't want those injuries. I watched Ryan Shazier get carted off of a field and never play the game again. On On a routine tackle. Yes, on a routine tackle. I also watched DeMar Hamlin on an even more routine play die on the field. If If you really want to win a football game, you're going to do whatever it takes. Oh, but I have to win next week. Well, then don't put your quarterback in that situation. I'm sorry. Game plan around it. If you're Jeez, only... Jeez, I ran a quarterback sneak in five years. Yeah, exactly. It, if your only play is this, but you can't lose your quarterback. Jeez, I haven't ran a quarterback sneak in five years. Yeah. Then, Travis Kelsey, Blake Bell. Blake Bell's only reason to be on the Chiefs roster is the fact that he can handle a snap. And run a quarterback sneak. He's not very fucking good at it. I don't know if anybody's noticed that. But it, it, it's what he's there for. Like, I don't care if the, Chief, if the Chiefs come out on third and one and you have to get first down and Patrick Mahomes is standing on the sideline because Blake Bortles has shuffled his fat little ass into the game to run a quarterback sneak. Hey, that guy played in it in an... AFC division. That guy should have won an AFC conference championship. I will stand by that. They had the Patriots dead to rights. I'm not saying the NFL scripted, but I don't think the NFL won the Jaguars in the Super Bowl. That would have been a good year. That would have been so much fun. No, it wouldn't. The fuck it wouldn't have? Blake Bortles versus Nick Foles in the Super Bowl. We would have all went, this is fucking shit. We would have enjoyed the hell out of it. We would have known immediately after the game was over, we don't talk about fucking Bruno. That's exactly how that shit would have gone. Nobody would have recognized that Super Bowl. The only reason that Super Bowl is important is because Nick Foles beat Tom Brady. That's it in the Philly special. If that would have been against Blake Bortles and Jalen Ramsey and the goddamn Jaguars. First off, how dare you think that Jalen Ramsey would have ever let that fly? Especially in a Jaguars uniform, that gets slept on, okay? Jalen Ramsey as a Jaguar is a different Jaguar, all right? Secondly, that's going sixth the other way. Staying on Jalen Ramsey, okay? You know just as well as I do, Doug Peterson would have never had the balls to bring that out against Jalen Ramsey. He would have had to. He was playing against Blake Bortles. He would have 35 to 6. I'm thinking that's a different Super Bowl. I'm not thinking the Jags win it. I, I mean, it was a damn good Super Bowl. It's one of the better Super Bowls we've seen. Like, no. it was competitive. It was fun. It was great. Neither one of our teams played in it, so there was no emotion involved. Well, yeah, aside from the fact that, you know, no, we're not getting there. Um, but no, it just, no. That guy almost won an AFC Championship game and produced one of the worst Super Bowls of all time. It would have been up there with with Rams Patriots. It was fucking. Oh, oh check, not not greatest show on turf. Rams Patriots, the other <laughs> the other Rams Patriots. Yeah, the, the thirteen to three snooze oh, God, fest. That was so. 
The year the Saints should have steamrolled. The year the Saints and Chiefs should have played for the Super Bowl, and instead we got Rams-Patriots. Um, thanks, D. Ford. Uh, anyhow. No, if Blake Bortles is running the goddamn quarterback sneaks for the Chiefs all year long, if that's all he does, I'm good with it. Hell, keep Shane Buchel in and let him run quarterback sneaks. Whatever. You know, do I kind of wish the Chiefs would be like, hey, you know, we have a quarterback, we can run a quarterback sneak. Yes, a freak accident happened that one time, but sure, it would be nice. But you know what else is nice? Winning Super Bowls with Patrick Mahomes as a starting quarterback because he's healthy, or at least somewhat healthy. Or if... As long as he has a leg that he can still somewhat operate, it's great. When, when your kneecap is on the side of your leg, you know, things happen. But, no, nah, I, I think having having the quarterback sneak, and, and in the Eagles' case, having the most effective play in football. I mean, it was that whip route against them in the Super Bowl. It was that effective. You know, all you had to do was motion, and hey, look, that guy's wide open in the end zone. But if if you can, if you have a play that's that fucking efficient, it's hard to be like, hey, let's not run it here, because we're in the exact situation to run it, and we know we're getting a first down off of it. Cool. Just don't bitch and moan when they fucking find a way to. Yeah. But that, when that, when, that, when, when the, when the third string linebacker comes flying over the middle. You're still going to get the first down, but now your backup quarterback's running the show because your starter's on the ground still. It, you know, Somebody's going to have the, the balls to do it. Don't get me wrong. It's probably whoever Dennis Allen paid the most money to. But. Allegedly. <laughs> I think we're past Allegedly. <laughs> Bounty Gate. I don't think we're. I don't think we're going allegedly on Bounty Gate anymore. Um, but no, I mean it is. It. I mean it is what it is at this point. But no, I. I do think them getting rid of that play via rule change kind of sucked. Um. I. I think we're, we're. We're probably pushing time here a little bit. We're at a buck fifteen. Yeah. So we're we're pushing time. The one thing, the last thing I want to go over, um, we're going, we're going to finish where we started. We're going to go back to the Jets. Did you see the interview from Sean Payton before the preseason, before their preseason game? I did not. So you know, they asked him, you know, what do you, you know, what, what are you looking for Sunday? What do you, what do you expect from the players? And he goes, you know, I don't want to see anybody out of uniform, wearing sunglasses, Gilligan hats doing sideline interviews. I don't want to see that. And I don't know if you saw the interview. During the game, Sauce Gardner, out of uniform, wearing sunglasses, and a Gilligan hat, giving an interview on the sideline. He was asked about it today, and his exact answer was, I was advised not to talk about that. If the Jets win the Super Bowl, I'm okay with it because I fucking love that guy. Okay. You know I'm just as much of a sauce guy as you are. And that's both Wings and Gardner. I don't know if I can handle Aaron Rodgers winning a fucking Super Bowl, so let's not even talk about that. 
That's fine. But if they do, I'm okay with it just because of Sauce. I fucking love that guy. And Quinnen, because can you imagine Quinnen Williams at a Super Bowl parade? God forbid he sneezes. (laughs) Hey, bless me. Like, if, if they win it this year... Like, I almost want them to win. I don't want them to win, but I almost want them to win because I want to see Sauce Gardner and I want to see Quinnen Williams at a Super Bowl parade. I think that would be phenomenal. But, God, the, just to, to hear what Sean Payton had to say and then to go out and give the interview he gave the way he gave it. That's hilarious. I, I had no idea. It, I guess the thing that I find funny, and obviously Sauce knows this, but Sean's trying to rebuild a, a culture in Denver, and that's why he he made those comments. It's not he's an anti fun guy. Go look and see what the Saints were doing. Bounty eight. Oh, we were past that. My bad. Dennis Allen, so um, like he's trying to rebuild a culture in in Denver. That that's all it is. But sauce to run with it like he did. Well, with the comments that have been made between yes, the two teams, that is true. There, there's a little bit of there's already a little bit of a fuse on the powder keg. So why not fucking you know start striking matches close to it? I thought it was phenomenal. Because, yeah, no, I, I, I think we need a little bit more of the sarcastic asshole in the NFL, and I'm happy to see somebody do it. I agree. Because I mean, one of us, one of us, like <laughs> it's the same shit me and you would do. Yeah, it is, and it's glorious. I mean, just the petty. Here, have this. Uh, no, I loved it. I, I love it. I, I'm gonna have to find the. Uh, I'm gonna have to find that interview. That's great. Yeah. I I'm ready for week two preseason because multiple things here. Uh, that means we're one more week closer to uh, regular season football. Oh, I thought you were gonna say week zero of the college NFL or the college season because for some reason. Your first week of games in college football is called Week Zero. I'm surprised I didn't know that, and I'm also glad I didn't know that because now I'm angry. (laughs) I hate that shit. That is so dumb. That is dumb. No, I think what you're going to say is, that's the NCAA. That ain't no shit. But, while we're here, Austin... You had the great idea for fantasy football this last week. You want to kind of hit on that? I don't know if great idea is the way to put it. Um, we've we have decided, um, and we're not. I'm not. We, we, I've got to get a total tally, and we've got to get a rules meeting done real quick um, before anything gets made official. But we are going to have a two fattened friends. Fantasy Football League. I know a couple of you have already had discussions. I know there's one of you that if he listens to this and realizes I haven't texted him about it, is probably going to text me and accuse me of things. Because 
well, Lou, I love you, but it, it just hadn't occurred to me until this exact moment. I knew exactly so, who you were talking about. So, so oh, Lou, man. consider this your official invitation because, well, I, I know you're, I know you're listening. Um, we're going to have a two fat and friends fantasy football uh, league. I don't know how many teams we're going to have. It's probably going to be somewhere between ten and twelve. 14 if we have to. And we could probably get away with 14 because this isn't going to be your average NFL fantasy football league. We are going to have three defenders on your roster. Not defenses, individual defenders. And those individual defenders will win you football games. They will lose you football games. They will win the championship. Go ahead. Is there special uh, scoring for tight ends? I haven't decided what I'm going to do with the tight ends. This is a tight ends and linebackers, you know, podcast. I I do know that, but since we're have since we're having what we're having for the defensive side, I had almost thought about just going wide receiver, tight end, flex, as opposed to tight end required. And I know that feels sacrilege towards this podcast, and I've made that comment. And like I said, we still have to have a quick meeting. Before, because I mean, th- this needs the say so of me, you, and the other two board members before we move too far forwards on this. Um, Just trying to figure out exactly how much time we have, because I do know one person interested, but he did have some caveats himself. And it, um, I would love for this to be as in person and as I would love for this fantasy league to be yelling at each other in the basement week in and week out. That would be the dream goal with this. I understand. We're all if adults. we can get six right now, yeah, I, I think I think it'd be fun. I think I got a couple guys. Let me make a couple. Well, of- I know I've got two that have already been like yo dog because I actually I discussed this with them. I went over my initial scoring thoughts with them before I ever brought it to to you and the crew. So um, again, Lou, I'm sorry. I love you. And yes, if you want a spot, it's yours. Um, because if I if I have to be faithful to a listener, I, I feel like probably when it comes down to it, our number one fan um, is probably going to have to be the one. But uh, yeah, no, that's I'm, I'm sorry it had. I was still trying to figure out the rules, man. Um, so if you want to text me tomorrow and yell at me, feel free. Um, but no, as, as soon as we get it up, I have full intentions of this not only being something that's covered week to week through the podcast, um, but I, I have full intentions of this being something that is regularly updated, regularly tracked through the socials. Um, and if we can get where we have watch parties on a regular basis – with this thing that just sends it through the roof for me um so if you are interested you have our socials hit us up i'm not promising anything to anybody aside from you lou but let us know and we will see what we've got how many seats at the table are available and we will be trying to get this absolute fuckery of a fantasy football league going and scoring will be posted highlights will be posted yes i just had an idea oh god easy you're gonna love it 
So, real quick, I know one caveat from one person that, that might want in is they want a live draft party. Actually, I have two people interested. Why not go to Sticks? Hold our draft party at our sponsor. I know the guy that owns the place. I mean, see what we can do. I'll, I'll get a hold of him tomorrow. Because I, I would love to have as much as much of this as in person as possible. Because, no, no, we enjoy doing the podcast. It's me, you, the four white walls around us, and a little bit of insanity. That, that's what makes this podcast what this podcast is. That's why you guys listen. That's why you guys love, I hope. But no, if we could, if we could do that, don't count me in. Like that's awesome, cool. I'm good with that. Um, but yeah, sure shit. So if you're interested, let us know, um, and I will be po- we will be posting kind of the ideas, the rules, whatever. Um, I need to get, like I said, we need to have a call this week get everything finalized i'm thinking drafting right before week one over labor day weekend i like that. um and you know we'll, we'll draft you know what would be week four of the preseason get all the plays all the injuries out of the way see where we're going to be and i think this is going to be incredible because you're i mean you're, you're going to be talking two plus rounds and justin jefferson's still going to be on the board because defense wins championships in this league I mean, your, your number one overall pick could be Fred Warner. Like, th- this is going to be different. This is going to be fun. And I think doing away with the kicker and adding three defensive players is going to be an absolute fucking riot. I'm not sure defensive scoring is going to exist. It might just be special team scoring. But, uh, w- like I said, we've got a lot of things to iron out and not a lot of time to do it. But... No, th- this league I think is going to be something that is going to be, it's going to be different. It's going to be a blast. Check out the socials, guys. As soon as I get updates from Austin, I will be posting as much as I can um, through the Facebook page primarily. Um, I've had I've actually had a little bit of issues with the uh, the actual podcast Twitter. Um, so any updates, look at Austin's Twitter, my Twitter, and then the podcast Facebook page. Um, I'm excited. Uh, uh, me too. I'm, I'm. I'm. Like I said, we need to get a meeting, and we need to get this thing ironed out just to, just to get it out there, so we can get all the requests in, so we can try to get everything set up. Like I said, I'd love to draft on September first. Um, you know, get that or hell on Labor Day. We're all going to be off work, uh, at least most of us. And I, I think it would be an absolute blast. And you know, we, we want this thing, we want this podcast to grow, and we want it to feel like family. We yell at each other enough. I that's that's the goal that we're going for. Um, so we're we're gonna try and try and have a, an absolute blast with this thing. Um, so keep an eye out if if you're interested in following along, if you're interested in being in it, let us know. Um, until I guess next week, we're gonna get out of here. Um, like I said, hit us up, let us know. Be kind to each other, love one another, and always remember, fuck the Cowboys. Oh my god, I, I that thought, was I so thought you bad. had a stroke. Dude. You, you want to try it again? Yeah, I kind of want to try okay, it again. All right. Be kind to each other, love one another, and always remember, fuck, fuck the, the Cowboys. Cowboys. Have a good week, everybody. So much better.